You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. It's been a while, so I uh, apologize for that. And I think everyone knows why we've been off the air for over two months, if you can, if you can believe that. It's uh, unfortunate, and we hated being away, but, uh, you know, some life events got in the way and could be getting away here in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, you never know. You never know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so for those of you that may be wondering why we were gone for two months, uh that night of the crazy rain, uh, the day of the Mifflin game, um, my basement flooded and it take, took the last two months to get everything uh, fixed and back in order. But uh, I, I think we're going to end up being better off for it, both uh, both personally and for this show. So here we are, episode seven of the fourth season of the Bulldog Hour reboot. It's crazy to think we're at seven, even missing two months, but this was actually supposed to be the night of the 13th show. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Lots of the stuff that you mentioned there. Um, yeah, it's, you know, there was there was water everywhere. <laughs> yeah, there was um, not a good And, and to bad be fair, time. we both had issues with water that day. We know we both know people who had much worse issues oh, yeah, than, than we sure. had. So like it could have been much worse, but yeah, there was a lot of other stuff we had to take care of uh in the meantime before we could uh start investing, you know, the time and everything it took to put the show together. Um that just wasn't on on the front of the list, uh, you know, um for for a few weeks. Now, we the good news is we were still Involved with the football, the aspect. Of oh yeah, it. like we, we were didn't there. miss we, any of that. Yeah, yeah. Let's not get ridiculous. Yeah, we, yeah. we weren't going to miss that. So, but uh, yeah, we were able to, you know, keep up with that, and so hopefully we get to uh, kind of get back on track tonight, and hopefully we have a few more shows. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. You know, we're guaranteed at least one more show. Yeah, at least that's I, right. I'll be here for at least one more show. Yeah, I hope yeah. you're able to join me. Yeah, but, you me know, too. we'll see. But we'll yeah, see. everything's kind of up in the air. We'll yeah. see. So. Uh, we're alluding to it. Do you want to just say it, or you don't want to get that personal on the air? No, that's fine. Yeah, my my wife's uh, due date is uh, quickly approaching, so um, all of that stuff is kind of up in the air. So you know, it's kind of you know, we we've got all the plans in place for the Friday nights and all of those things. We had Plan A and B and C yep. uh, the other night. <laughs> um, By yeah, the way, so. got upgrade. Friday night, got to drive the equipment truck. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> you know, so we're uh, <laughs> yes. closer and closer to like official members of this uh, of this team and not just <laughs> yeah. this random outsiders that kind of along. just, uh, you know, creep around in the background and be like, can I take pictures and interview you for a, for <laughs> right. a show? So. so, yeah, you know, um, you know, that was a new experience for us. But, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully we have a couple more uh, games and um, that would be great because uh, the due date isn't for a few weeks, so. Um, you know, I, I hope it's a few weeks till that's an issue and I hope it's still an issue and I'm missing games. Yes. Like that, those would both be good things. The, like, very good things. Yeah, very good so. things. So the last time you heard from us, Wilson was 0-1. That's not the case anymore. It's gone they, better. They're not 0-1. Yeah. Um, they've gone 7-2 and since our last show, which is, which is positive. 
uh, you know, finish the season, the regular season for a second straight year. It's seven and three. They were two and two non-league and five and one in the league. But the most important part of that five and one is that because of the ways things shook out and what Wilson was able to do against Manheim Township, Wilson with Township and Warwick share the league title. So Wilson once again can call themselves uh, league co-champions or tri-champions, whatever you want to say. They share the title, but they're champions. back. Yeah, we'd like to say champions, but people are always quick to point out that uh, you know it's a it's a three-way tie, which hasn't happened in the Lancaster Eleven League for a number of years. I don't have it off the top of my head. I don't have all and my stats. I think back. in section one, I think it might be since like '97 or something since it was a three-way. No, tie we in sh- one. we shared it with Cedarcrest and Reading in 2000. Okay, okay. Because uh, I was on that team, we beat Reading. Reading beat Cedarcrest. Cedarcrest beat Wilson. Yeah. So that was a, the the little little go around. Was, everyone was six and one in the league that year. Um, Wilson was nine and one it's overall. Probably, and we, we've talked about it season. before on the show, but that's probably a throwback uh, that some of the people involved with the team now are probably like, "Wait, what? Reading and Cedarcrest were both uh, good?" Yeah, well, it surprised me actually because I thought Cedarcrest was you know a, a pretty decent team, um, you know, in the seventies, eighties, and nineties. But it surprised me when Wilson played Cedarcrest just a couple weeks ago to learn that Cedarcrest has only beaten Wilson four times. Yeah, that was a little surprising to me too because I know. They're one of the bigger schools in Lebanon County. Um, I don't try to think. They might be one of the biggest schools, if not the biggest in Lebanon County. But they, um, yeah, I, I thought there was some. I know there was some of the Section 2 stuff, you know, in there. So it's not as many games maybe as some people would think. But they were Section 1 for a, a lot of years too. So, but anyway. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, obviously – Coach Doms has said it. The players have said it. I believe uh, Drago talked to uh, seniors Cameron Maglotti and Elijah Morales or maybe Isaiah Gilmore, and they said, you know, obviously we wanted it all to ourselves, but some is better than none. Absolutely. You know, they, they weren't able to get it last year with the loss to Township, outright Township, you know, like incredible team that they had to win the league, then win districts. But then this year, Wilson beats Township. Townships beat Warwick, and as we'll get to in a few minutes, Warwick beats Wilson. But it is uh, the 31st league title for Wilson overall in 74 seasons. It's the 27th Lancaster Lebanon League title and 26th Section 1 of the LL League title for the Bulldogs, which is by and far the most in any level of the Lancaster Lebanon League, uh, and especially in Section 1, because Manheim Central, who, spoiler alert, Wilson lost to earlier this season, we'll talk about that shortly, they won the league again, undefeated regular season for them. And they have, I think, 25 section I'm not, I'm not sure. or league championships. So I, I just am trying to think of all the stuff I've read from Drago and Reinhardt uh, over the last few months, all the, the stats and everything that they are able to put out. And uh, so that, that right around that amount. So Manham Central's right behind Wilson in terms of Lancaster Lebanon League titles. So, um, yeah, well, I guess we should start at the beginning. Yeah, with, you know, but let's get the housekeeping stuff out of the way. Uh, so you know, we we have a few things we want to do here. Start every show. Uh, mostly, uh, we want to thank our uh, sponsors, who we apologize to them for not having uh, shows throughout the bulk of the regular season. Again, we had a lot in the off season. 
you know, we did five shows in the off season, and then we were able to do the Central Dolphin recap and preview the Mifflin game, and then we kind of uh, disappeared because of the uh, flooding situation. But we do want to thank um, my dad and May Sandwich Shop for their sponsorship over the last four years, uh, Andy Herr and Matt Cruz, and a few anonymous donors. Um, there's another one that has helped me out greatly, but... You know, he doesn't want any recognition, but I will thank him and his contributions not only to uh, me and the show, but to uh, the, the football program over the, the last few decades. Uh, a great supporter of, of the program in general. So appreciate everyone that has sponsored us uh, this year and past years and uh, hopefully are looking to uh, get involved with us in the years to come. Um, there are a few ways you can support us. Again, the uh, sponsorship and advertising are always great. Donations too. Uh, visiting the website that's that's gonna you know blow up and get bigger and better do, through the course of the off seasons. I look to fill it, fill out the history on there and get the um, the videos done. But one of the most important is just spreading the word. And, and Justin says it best. Yeah, like and share, right? That that's the best way to spread it. So you see this video if you're watching it, obviously like it, share it. Um, you know, and that that'll help. You know, when uh, when Joey's sending the stuff out on Friday nights. You know, or and during the week and all that other time, you can like and share that as well. And we still do have through the Tradition Club some fundraisers going on. Again, the game and season video sales. We can do that on DVDs or on USB drives, which is are very 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 popular. They're a little bit cheaper than the DVD uh, season prices that you're seeing on the screen now. And the other fundraiser uh, is the the game used jersey sales this again this is now open to anyone so we kind of let players get their first shot at it but if you're you know a business or a Wilson fan or someone that played prior to 1991 and you'd like a jersey even if it isn't one that you wore as a player uh, let me know you can email joe at bulldoghour.com or wilsonbulldogsfootball at gmail.com the um, jerseys used in the 90s are 20 bucks and then anything from the um, three right jerseys starting from 2001 to 2005 that red one to the right are 35 a piece so they're not bad they make great gifts i've had people coming in picking them up uh recently saying that they're going to be a christmas gift so it, it's a it's a great opportunity to support the show support the program and uh you know have a little nostalgia trip with past bulldog players and teams all right so a lot of stuff has passed that's on the list to talk about. Uh, you know, the Tradition Club had their event welcoming back three teams uh, during the Spring Four game. Then we had the Gridiron Classic, which I know we'll talk about. Um, and I think that pretty much covers all the stuff that we want to talk about just off the off the top. We can now dive into recapping the games and getting toward working towards the playoffs. So. I guess let's pull up the schedule here to remind everyone what has occurred. Yeah, so, you know, it's kind of crazy to think back, but it, it brought back memories when we were at McCaskey on the grass field, you know, of being up at Parkland, you know, back in on that hot August day. Um, you know, we were kind of tr starting to figure out, you know, what the team was shaping up to be, you know, that was only after that, like first week, you know, it typically would have been what we used to call the first scrimmage. Um, even though Parkland tends to be our, our second scrimmage and that whole, not, I want to say debacle cause it wasn't really that bad this year, but everyone playing up a week earlier, you know, so then we went to central dolphin, you know, and then 
Um, we had the the Mifflin game, but you know we we as the show were kind of out of commission for a little while. So you know we've come a long way since the Mifflin games. Um, but when we were looking at uh, that non-league schedule, you know Central Dolphin didn't go the way we would like. We had the show on that, you know, back in August. Um, but you know there were some things where we we saw, especially in the first half of that game, where you know if we could we were just missing on some things, you know, and then in Mifflin, we, we got things going a little bit. That was good. Spring forward, same thing, you know, and then we kind of ended up with Mannheim Central where, um, you know, there were some positives in Mannheim Central, but there were definitely some areas where uh, we just weren't able to click like we needed to. And then entering the league, you know, we, we've been in that league schedule. So, you know, we didn't really know what to expect out of some of the teams, but it, it really turns out that we, we knew the non-league schedule at the beginning of the year was going to be kind of brutal. You know, that we we're going to have some tough teams there that we were going to have to face those first four weeks. And then we also knew that, you know, we had um, Penn Manor, which was, which is really a young team, you know. Yeah, they started a ton of Yeah, so they are building right now but we knew that's a game especially being at Gursky that that should be a game that Wilson should be able to if they're doing what they are capable of they should be able to get there but then we were going to have Township Hempfield Warwick and then oh Cedar Crest ends up being no joke and you know get some guys back healthy towards the end of the season you know like yeah, then so they weren't an easy out right we knew there were going to be these at least these two stretches that were kind of like gauntlet runs um and they ended up pretty much being just that so yeah um, it was four, four tough one that you kind of were like okay this will be you know we, we should, should be, be fine okay here yeah, we can rest some people uh, then we got four tough ones in a row before, okay, like we maybe we can breathe. And that's exactly how it went. Yeah. Exactly as we expected in the, the preseason and all offseason, it's exactly what happened. Four tough games, a little breather, another four tough games, and another breather yeah. just this past Friday. So, uh, well, let's take a look at some of the games, talk briefly, just a couple minutes on each one before we get to uh, the uh, playoff preview and we'll start first with the rivalry game against uh, Governor Mifflin way back on August 31st uh, of this year. And uh, we can see some of the highlights uh, of the Wilson-Mifflin game. So this game started out kind of slow. It was a little, you know, a little bit back and forth. But the, uh, the Bulldogs were able to uh, hang in there. We got to see an interception. Uh early in the game with the score tied at zero. Um, then we got to see uh, the first connection with uh, Brady Gibble there from Anthony Futrick, which will become a theme yeah, I was gonna as say, we go I was on. Say, you might think you're seeing a replay of that play a bunch this year. But, right. Um, uh, so um, it, it was a, a back-and-forth game, and then a couple big plays – would spark Wilson, but Mifflin always hung around. So, like, here we got a great run from Eliza Morales, a huge touchdown, and, uh, you know, put Wilson up by uh, 14, you know, 21 to 7. Well, now we're in the third, and it's 21 14. But Wilson gets a nice play uh, to get close to the end zone, and they're going to punch it here in here. Oh, well, they're not going to show it, of course. Uh, but Wilson went up 28 to 14. And then here you think you're getting a. Uh, you know, kind of uh, the end right here, but Mifflin kept fighting back. You know, right, it, right. they never went away. 
No. And, uh, you know, they cut it to 35-28, and you're just like, oh, man, this is just... And then uh, Morales does his thing. Also, a theme this year of him breaking huge touchdown runs. He gets into the open field. Very few people throughout the state are going to be able to catch it. Yeah, he has been... um, Yeah, he has been on a tear, and this was kind of like his breakout. And it's great when you have those guys break out at least that early, you know? Right. Um, you know, we would have loved if we could have gotten the ground, and I'm not saying that's any one thing, but if we could have gotten the ground game going a little bit more against um, Central Dolphin. But, hey, you know what? That was over. They were able to move on to Mifflin, and they, they got it going. Um, and you see, you know, some of the yards there, 373 total yards, uh, 269 rushing yards, you know, so that – they were able to get the job done there. And, you know, the passing yards weren't very high, but they didn't need to be. Right. Like, well, but look at Mifflin's you, side. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, they – I mean, now they're more of a passing team a little bit this year, uh, at least early on. Yeah. But now that for, they've gotten fresh, freshman Nick Singleton going through the Burks League, you know, they've become more of their their normal identity. Yeah. But early on, when during their 0-3 start, they were throwing the ball a lot and not with a lot of success. Right. But, I mean, they, they played Wilson tough at Gursky, only uh, fallen by 14. And Wilson just had a few more big, big plays. Yeah. And that was the difference in this one. So, you know, now, it was a – after that, you know, the, the disappointing loss to uh, Central Dolphin in week one, it was a great bounce back for Wilson. We got right. to see a solid game from Anthony Futrick, and then we got to see a uh, a coming out party for Elijah Morales. That was really, like, he was the big guy in that yeah. in that Mifflin game. Uh, people started to ask about, uh, you know, who is this guy? Because you know, people actually thought it was going to be Avanti Lockhart, the junior, right. going to be the main ball carrier. And uh, he had his moments early, but then he succumbed to an injury against Manheim Central and missed a few games. Uh, hasn't had a ton of carries since then. He's been playing more uh, on defense. It's kind of like, yeah, they've, they've used him in spot situations at running back, but not like as the primary back. The primary back has been Elijah, and he's he's done a really good job this He's year. done an excellent job. Yeah. He's just about to go over... A thousand yards for the season. That's I think awesome. he's at. I think I saw he's at nine hundred and sixty-three. Oh, that's, so that's awesome. they have another playoff game. Last year, Redline wasn't able to at stop home. Iggy. At it's home. at Gursky. so we should be seeing Elijah get into the thousand-yard club for the season yeah, in, that w- in week eleven. That would be a good 11. sign for the team and and an indication of the year that Elijah has been able to put up. Yeah, um, which which is awesome. Every year, and we talk about it every year. Yeah. There's always that what senior is going to step up and make a name for himself, you know, someone maybe you weren't quite expecting. Right. And we knew we knew because of us covering everything they do over the summer and in camp and whatnot that Elijah was going to have a, a right. pretty good role. We knew that the team was expecting big things. Was, yeah, they had high expectations for Elijah, and he has not disappointed. Not um, at all. And – it was interesting because you, you mentioned that, you know, kind of that thing we hear every year. Like, who's the senior who steps up? Who's the senior that steps up? Um, and after the Mifflin game, we interviewed Elijah. Now, like we said, because of the circumstances, we didn't really get to, you know, do like we normally would have done and have that show on Sunday night of Labor Day weekend and everything. But um, we interviewed Elijah and we asked, you know, like, what's, what's the key? And he's like, I waited my turn. You know, it's my turn now. And you know, and that's just the mantra that we hear over and over and over again. And Wilson, usually we hear it from outside. Right. You know, the guys say, "Oh, well, they wait their turn and then they're good to go." It, it's more than waiting your turn, but you, you know what I mean. That's like yep. the the way that it's explained. And he basically said, "You know, he he waited his turn, he got his chance, and now he's making the most of it." So um, that's excellent. And that's what that's what the good 
teams do. They have those guys who are working hard and maybe can't break through or just don't, you know, not that they can't. Um, but then when they get their chance, they fill in and they uh, get the job done and they excel. And that is, you know, Elijah has done more than get the job done. He has excelled and, and that's great. And hopefully that can continue, you know, this coming Friday and hopefully for as many as we can get. So, yeah, for sure. Um, so let's move on to the next week now and check out the Springford game in game number three. Wilson sitting at one and one, and they were able to go to two and one against the visiting Rams when, uh, or they would end up winning 33 to 21. But Springford actually jumped out to an early lead, and they, the Bulldogs looked in trouble. Springford was moving the ball. Yeah. Um, defense we, didn't have quite have the answers. Right. We, we didn't we didn't mention this, but in that Mifflin game, we had a huge loss. Oh, yeah. um, and it's Nick, been so long right, that I kind Nick, of forgot. Nick Johnson, about it. right? Nick Johnson went down in that game, and it was one of those things where, um, you know, these it, may be it, the spring court highlights as I watch this. Right. It's just tagged on the Wilson account, so right. we may not be seeing too many of the Wilson highlights so, here. So we were we were tied to the. Uh, um. Yes. <laughs> so uh, we we you know our our defense in that Mifflin game we, we talked about how Mifflin was able to kind of put together some stuff especially late. Well, Wilson had to move some pieces around because Nick Johnson, who was kind of the guy who was calling the shots out there on the field for defense, uh, went down with an injury. Yeah. Um. And ignore and so, that score at the top, please, because that is not right. <laughs> and then you know we're coming in here, and uh, next thing you know, we're we're having trouble. Um. You know, stopping some defense with some defensive stops early, but then the defense was able to kind of get it together and the offense got it going and uh, we were able to kind of rebound um, and have a positive outcome against Springford. Yeah. I have no idea what the score is at the top. It is not right in any way. And we're going to see that here at the end. I know that and the stats are right at the end, but Wilson does win this game despite these Springford highlights making it seem that it went the other way. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Wilson wins 33 to 21. Um, but they did have some difficulty, uh, right? You know, um, and there you there there you can get a better idea of how the how the game went. Um, I have no idea. We, yeah, and I'm, that's all kind of weird that we get all those Springfield highlights, the wrong score throughout the game, and then there's no stats. But yeah, hey, um, Wilson was pretty balanced in the passing and running game. Uh, you know, it was a. It was a hard-fought victory. Another, you know, yeah. after doing it against Mifflin, they got to do it against Springford. And which, you start to which was good because you knew it was going to be a very different look. So Mifflin, you know the look. And we said there was more passing from Mifflin than there has been in years past. And you saw that especially early on. And then they got things going uh, with the running game as the year went on. But also in following them, at least loosely, um, you've seen some of that uh, continue for them where they've been able to pass the ball. But you know Springford is going to come in and pass the ball. Um even though they had a lot of um, turnover in the passing part of their game. I think they had a new quarterback from last year and all that stuff. So, but when we looked at all those things, um, you know, Wilson was still able to get the win, you know, with, you know, that kind of adjustment being made without uh, having uh, Nick Johnson over there on, on defense and, you know, and on offense. I, I know he was, you know, uh, tight end and, and things like that, but um yeah, they, they were able to get the win. And while, you know, there were certainly still things to clean up, you know, they were, they were moving in the right direction. What we also didn't mention since then, because at the time of the Central Dolphin recap, we thought he'd be back in a few weeks, is senior Connor Cook not playing at all this yeah. year after his his uh, hand injury in the Parkland scrimmage. He was a starter at cornerback. 
um, and contributing on offense and wide receiver as well. Uh, he hasn't been able to play at all this year, which has kind of forced uh, sophomore he Caleb punted Brown. Too, didn't he? He was yeah, he was the punter. That oh yeah, man. It's been a while since we had to, to uh, talk about uh, the, the kicking game, and uh, we would have talked about it a lot, uh, especially with this next game recap that we're about to do with Manheim Central. But, yeah, Wilson desperately missed Connor Cook uh, at, on defense and, and special teams for sure because uh, he was supposed to be um, one of those you know, big senior players that didn't get to play too much as an underclassman a bit last year as a junior, but he was going to be the guy with uh, Gilmore outside allowing you know some of the younger guys to um, – play in you know passing situations or kind of learn the ropes but uh not able to do so so uh disappointing for both johnson and cook to to miss most or all of the season this year which obviously injuries you can't be predicted and they happen to everyone no excuses but you know just you feel bad for the players oh yeah absolutely individuals that's that's the primary thing like you feel bad for them because they put in all that time and commitment and then you know have something kind of out of their control kind of uh you know limit that um, you know, limit the season a little bit, you know, at least personally. Again, I know they both, you know, have been sticking out and are there and are helping the other guys and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's got to be tough for those guys. So Wilson's 2-1, riding a two-game winning streak. You know, they lost to Central Dolphin. They beat Mifflin. They beat Springford. And now they got their, quite possibly their toughest test they would have all season, at least as what we thought in week four. Yeah, yeah. And it was probably, you know, going in, uh, you know, we didn't know what to expect because we, you know, Mannheim Central had uh, had been having things rolling. Uh, you know, they they spotted Warwick a big score, but then they came back and um, you know beat Warwick, and you know, so Wilson gets things going. Um, you know, and was able to uh, move the ball a, a little bit. Um, you know, they they had some big plays, but then uh, you know th- some turnovers, mis- right. missed field goals, like, right? It was. Leaving uh, points on the board, yeah. that was the the biggest disappointment, yeah. was uh, not being able to punch it in when yes. necessary. But, you right. know, they jumped out to the lead. They were up 10 nothing, and it was 10-6. Um, you know, they'd get sparks here and there, but they just couldn't put it all together. And you could kind of see throughout the first three quarters that Manham Central was just, you know, playing good team ball, not panicking, knowing that it was going to be uh, – you know, eventually they'd catch a break, and, and right. that's that's what happened. Yeah, and it's kind of the same game plan that they executed against Warwick. I don't know if it was the week before or two weeks before. Like, I don't know when they played. But I think they were down maybe two scores in the first half of Warwick. Um, they were down 14-0 in the right. first, like, they, they, five they minutes. They gave up, like, a kickoff return, and they gave up all this other stuff, which we will see. We understand. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they, they fell behind, and then next thing you know, they clawed back, clawed back, and they won. You know, and that Mannheim Central team, I didn't lose this year, I don't think. No, they? they're undefeated. Yeah, they're undefeated regular season. Undefeated, uh, 5A, one seed, yep. um, which gets them a bye, I believe. Yes. Um, and so... And beat up on some of those 5A teams. Oh, at yeah. least Cook Calico, uh, and they beat Warwick. So, you know, they've faced and defeated a bunch of these teams that they could possibly see again. Uh, so they have to be the hands-down favorite in 5A to win that and quite possibly represent uh, the East in the state championship. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how far they can go. They definitely have some talent. Um, but what gets me about this yeah. game is, and they don't, unfortunately, it doesn't look like Manheim Central entered their stats into this. Uh, here's a couple of them. Um, the turnovers killed Wilson. We mentioned uh, we mentioned the, uh, the punting game wasn't up to snuff 
uh, especially in the second half here. Um, that was because Avanti Lockhart had been what had kind of been promoted to backup punter yeah. uh, behind Cook. Uh, and then he hurt his ankle in this game. And then we went back to a, a, a punter that had punted in Central Dolphin. And there was just there was snappish like it just was not good. Right. There the are... way things happened, uh, it, it, and that's where things started it, to fall apart. It, it's one thing when those things happen, you know, because it's going to happen throughout the course of the game, throughout the course of the season. Those things happen, um, but they just happened at uh, inopportune times. Yeah. And and so when you have things, the wrong things happen at the wrong time. It just adds up to sometimes it just doesn't go your way. And honestly, that game felt. A lot like we felt a little bit last year, number of times where we're just like, man, like when are the breaks going to go our way? You yeah, know, and, that, that, yeah, I'm um, right about that. You know, that, that's a bit of a helpless feeling. And, you know, I say that as a helpless feeling standing there, you know, usually in, in the press box or something. You know, it, it feels a lot worse, I'm sure, for people who are, are trying actively to, to help and, and get the job done, you know. And, uh, you know, we, we looked at that game. They, they had a lot of opportunities there, and, and we kind of let one slip away. Um, and I, I don't think anyone would disagree with that. You know, we let one get away in that one. Um, and so it, it quickly became, all right, so we do have this Penn Manor game. But well, I, I just want to – I was looking for the yeah. stats, but oh, I, what yeah. the defense was able to do for the entire yes. game, but especially the first three quarters against Simon and Flick – yeah. Was amazing. Yes. Like the defense against Mannheim Central was lights out, unlike anything we've seen in recent history. Yeah. Like what they were able to do for the, especially those first three quarters. Against a heralded D1. Simon prospect. had on the statue three completions, but he yeah. actually only had two because one of them hit the turf and shouldn't have been a, a completion. The other two were for touchdowns. Now, one was in the end zone after a turnover, I believe. Yeah. Like it yeah. was a short field. Yep. You know, it, it, it's going to happen. Um, the, yeah. uh, and the other the, one was a long, a long pass. And it was a coverage mix-up that yep. the coaches were telling the players about prior to the play, and it still um, wasn't executed properly. But that's it. That's all he had, those three. Right. Two for touchdowns, one off a turnover, one a blown coverage, and the other one wasn't an actual catch. Yeah. This is one of the best quarterbacks in the state. Yeah. He's a junior. He was He'll an all-state quarterback Gers- last year, wasn't he? Yeah, and he's a junior. He'll be at Gursky next year. Yeah. yeah. So... Uh, and Flick didn't get things going until the second half and probably mostly right. in the fourth quarter. Yeah. he. I think he had like 70-some yards, and most right. of that was in the second half. Um, the, the Wilson defense dominated the majority of that game, but yeah. the offense couldn't give him enough points to get the victory. So. Right, yeah. And and so that, w- that was a tough one. Um, like I said, I you know, they, they we felt like that one got away. And then it we adjusted, and you're like, all right, well, we have Penn Manor next, and then – I think we were at Township after Penn Manor, right? Yep. Yeah. So like, right. So this like, is the uh, breather we, game that we talked right, about. Right. You got to get right quick, though. <laughs> you know, there, there's not. Um, and what what kind of um, lingering effect? And now, oh, um, Avanti's out. So another key guy. Right. And Cam Magalotti actually missed this game too with right. uh, with a a, a a rib injury. Now, like we said, Penn Manor. Um, you know, they're they're rebuilding. Really young. But they really are really young. young. Really young. And Man you know what? Central flavor there with Brew Baker, who yes. was at Man Central for a long time, uh, is the coach there now. And I think this is third or fourth year. I think so. Uh, and he's starting a lot of uh, sophomores and juniors. So. Right. So they're they're building. And, you know, it, it's one of those things when you start a lot of young guys and this is their first 
section one game, I think, you know, so you, you get some of those things that you've got to overcome and, and kind of deal with over the course of the season. And Penn Manor is, is working to get back to where they were a few years ago, but they, they, to be honest, they aren't there right now. And yeah, they had a good um, four or five year run under Mealy, who's yeah, now the head yeah, coach at Lexington Catholic, who yeah. went undefeated this year. Yeah. Ten Surprised how that works, man. So, um, yeah. So, uh, but you know, Wilson jumped out to a huge lead here. Um, got some great play uh, on offense, defense, special teams. Everyone contributing. Nice bounce back from a kind of a bit of a demoralizing exactly. end of the Manheim Central game. Uh, but Wilson went so up come big home in the game that you should win, and they handled their business. So that was that's what you want to see. So here we go. This Mason's run. Yep. So you know, even even the uh, the underclassmen were getting involved with a uh, sophomore Mason Leonard having the I, one of the longest touchdown runs uh, in uh, Burks or LL this season. You know, seventy plus yards. Um, some great offensive contributions uh, in all facets. Um, I, <laughs> that's uh, Mason on the right, not Gavin. Um, but you know, Futrick looked good. Elijah great as well. Um, little shout out for the kicker, Jack Wagner, who we'll talk about, uh, here in a little bit. Um, he's got all the power you could possibly need, um, yeah. as we saw just the other night, uh, at the McCaskey game. So yeah, there's Elijah, you know, yeah. one of the great games for him, 15 carries, 170 yards and two touchdowns. Again, that breakaway speed, what he's able to do, mm-hmm. uh, is, uh, is pretty uh, unbelievable at times. So yeah, man, he gets through that line and he just takes off. There, there have been games, and um, some of the, some of the people that go to a lot of the games have come up and talked to me, and they're like, "Man, you see, like the guy has the angle and five yards. You know, he's got the angle and five yards, angle and five yards, and next thing you know, Elijah's just beating him to the spot and beating him, you know, blowing by him, and he's like, just how he's just outrunning guys, yep. um, which is a good quality to have for for the running back. So yeah, yeah, and you know, based on last year, you could say that this this is a is a great opportunity for him to uh, do that this week. At what we saw Iggy could do, um, yeah, so. against Red Line. I think didn't he have six touchdowns in the first half? Because we were saying to Doug, put him in, put him in, let him get you know tie the Shady's record at seven. He said no, and no, not a chance. Actually, he didn't even like have to like say no. The decision had already been. He yeah. he knew. Nope, not happening. So, um, you know, a, ni- a nice big win for the Bulldogs against Penn Manor. Again, like we said, to be expected. And then there was, you know, the next four-game gauntlet they started, and they had to go to uh, Neffsville again yeah. to take on Mannheim Town. Third so time in – Third time in less than a year, I, yeah. I believe. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, it's a tough place to play. But, um, well, as we're going to see here, Wilson was up to it this year after a little mini two-game losing streak to the yeah. Blue Streaks. You know, ending the uh, the run last year, taking the title it? streak away. So Wilson, in our loss earlier in the year to um, C- Central Dolphin, the Central Dolphin became the first team in a long time, at least in modern Wilson in three, modern right, yeah, to beat Wilson three straight seasons or three, yeah, I think four. Three, okay, four straight, yeah, seasons. four, and then, uh, but no, I don't think it's ever happened in LL and. Or if it has, it's been a really, really long time. Um, Manheim Township had the chance for that in this game, and this was this was a really close game. Um, you know, yeah, this played, was way too close for you know, comfort, right? Um, but 
especially the way the games went last year. Remember, early on, the games were close last year, and then it just kind of unraveled. Right, it unraveled just uh, little mistakes and things like that um, that Manheim Township capitalized on last year. This was one of those games where we kept wondering, you know, when were things going to maybe break our way? Well, you know what? This might be one of those games where it started to break our way. Yeah, including things like this. Huge play, right? A sophomore, Caleb Brown, picks off the Harry Kirk pass, gets all the way down to the two yard line, and Wilson's able to punch it in. I think on the next play, uh, by Elijah Morales here. So Wilson would go up, uh, but I don't. We missed the extra point, don't we? It was a block. No, it's blocked. It was blocked. Yeah. So the. Kick gets blocked, so Wilson's up sixteen to seven. Now, now Township this, scored to go up sixteen to fourteen, and this, this is, is when Futrick. This is Wilson trying to run yeah, out the clock. This is when Futrick was on fire in this yes. last drive here, and Gilmore the whole night. It's I one said of the after the game, of the seasons, right? There. I said after the game that I it's been a while since I've seen a player on a team that's seen as an underdog. Um, want to win as much as Isaiah Gilmore did before that Manheim Township game and during. Right, and it hasn't changed since then. Right, like this, it's it's kind of it kind of blew up against Township, and it's been that way ever since. He is a handful for teams to take down in the field, and he's um, especially in, in uh, Johnson's absence. Gilmore has kind of become the uh, the, the senior leader. Yeah, absolutely, and um, you know we've seen that like throughout the season. Like you said, it was on display in this game. That I'm t- that pass and catch. Yeah, like. The, the pass had to be on the money, and the reception was still difficult because the defense was there. But that turned the field. Wilson was able to run it down the clock almost out. They weren't able to run it all Yeah, off. there were they a were, couple uh, uh, right. little uh, – but, but they made it very, very difficult um, for Township to be able to try and get in position for a, a game-winning score. Um, so because of that, you know, defense was able to kind of prevail there, and um, there was a huge win. You know, and and you huge, talked about especially after, you know, we mentioned week one, the first half you were just like, oh man, we just let it get away, and then the second half CD just took it. You know, first yep. half we felt like we let it slip through our hands. Second half they took it, and then we rebounded the next couple of weeks. Manheim Central, we felt like we gave it away again. You know, so it's kind of like I had you know a step back, but then we had two steps forward, and then we had another step back, and then. You know, Penn Manor was hard to gauge how much of a step forward is that, but we did the things we needed to do. But then you go to Manheim Township and you have that win, and that that was huge. That was mm-hmm. really important, and um, I think that really kind of shaped uh, most of the second half of the season. This team, you started to see this team have some of that confidence of like, look, we we are good enough when we put it together that we can move the ball on a good defense and score, um, you know, or get yards when it's a key time. You know, like that last drive was. And and it was funny is that didn't result in a score. The right, last drive no, in that game didn't result in a score, but no. I think we took the ball with like it might have been like six minutes. There's a, there's a lot of time. I think left. it was like six and minutes. And they converted on the fourth down, I think, at least twice. Right. Now they did turn it over on downs um inside like, Township territory. Right. But it they was had, like inside the twenty five. There was I what, think. eighteen seconds left when they got the ball back? Yeah. Yeah, so I think they ran almost like six minutes off the clock or something like that. Yeah. It was it was a lot of time. That pass from Future to Gilmore was one of the best we've seen this year. Yeah. That for a non-scoring drive, maybe the biggest drive of the season. Yeah, you know, well, we actually saw actually, him do you, it. Yeah, uh, yeah, the next week. You know, it was two weeks in a row that fourth yeah. quarter drives helped 
you, to you're win right. games. You're right. The next one was huge too. So, yeah. so to this point, biggest drive, and you, you could make an argument for it. But yeah, so the next week was something that I've been excited about for a long time. You know, they announced it last uh, Thanksgiving weekend, I believe. They announced the uh, Baseball Town Gridiron Classic that the uh, Reading Fight and Fills First Energy Stadium was going to be getting a new turf. So they thought, hey, let's. Uh, do a little throwback game to when a lot of Berks County high school teams played at what was then Muni- Municipal Memorial Stadium uh, in Reading, and they invited a bunch of teams to play games there. And Wilson was the final act on October fifth against Hempfield. So let's take a look at the highlights from the Bulldogs' victory over Hempfield at First Energy Stadium. Uh, about three three weeks ago, yeah. This one again. Hempfield had some players you knew you couldn't overlook it, but this one should have been all Wilson. And at one point, it looked like it was going to be. Yeah. But then they had a hiccup at the end of the second quarter and through a, much yeah. of the third. You, you were speaking of uh, Gilmore running. Yeah, like not a man being able to get tackled. On, yeah. yeah. So there it was. You know, goes two yards and then runs for another like thirteen as the guys are going. There's a different camera angle here. We're, we're we're a little far away out in the well. You know the, the camera porch. guy operating is not the best. That, well, that too. So. That too. That, I'm not going to argue that, <laughs> um, but I, I will give him the benefit of the doubt on the angle, which is of no control of it. Now we haven't seen as many of these as we should have, but here is another future to Gibble connection. It's actually going to happen later in this game, and he's going to get a couple here. Uh, uh, in a, actually, in the next game. So, yeah. um, Gibble actually was leading, or may be the regular season leader in Burks uh, in touchdown receptions. Uh, and then a play here at the end of the second, you thought maybe, okay, this pretty much puts the game away. You know, we're approaching halftime. You get the uh, pick six by Nate Hoekstra. But Hemfield kept fighting back, and they cut it right. to 19-16. to 16. Uh, And then, you know, Wilson found some... Uh, some fourth quarter uh, mojo uh, to eventually uh, silence Hempfield. Um, and this is going to be, I think this is, and this is on fourth down. This was a heck of a call. This is fourth down when we lost yards to go to fourth and nine. Right. And Gibble goes up and gets it. Touchdown. Yeah. So. That was huge. And that, was, that capped a big drive. A, yeah, a um, big drive. I think that was the drive where AJ Futrick was in at running yeah, back. Yeah, well, Elijah um, went out with a little bit banged up, so we went to uh, Anthony Futrick, the senior quarterback, his younger brother, junior AJ, and he I mean, was pounding. I'll tell you what, Futrick and Futrick in the backfield. Yeah, he uh, he he was not shying away from contact. No. We'll put it there, and was quicker than I was anticipating. Now I say that that I, to be honest, hadn't really seen the kid run the ball much, you know, in meaningful carries. We saw him, I think he got some carries in and I'm or in the uh Penn Manor game and, and things like that. But like, you know, it's different when you're in there and your team is trying to drive for for, you know, a score to kind of put you up two possessions again. And um yeah, he he stepped up big on that drive. Great great call, great execution on that fourth and goal from the nine. Um to not kick the field goal when Jack had been Jack Wagner had been having a good night. Yeah, he uh, kicking field really goals. Good night. Um, and yeah, so that was, uh, that was kind of impressive, uh, drive and, and way to, way to kind of put it together at another key time there. So back to back weeks, man, they had a key drive when they needed it. Uh, this one resulted in a score. Um, and that, that was huge. Talk about a team that had huge players. 
some of those hemp field kids, man, holy crow. Yeah, they're big everywhere. They yeah, had big just, linemen, they had big receivers. They had... Man, I would, I kind of expected a little bit more out of them to um, give you know teams a little bit more of a tussle, and, and they gave they gave their best to us, I think, but um, yeah. they weren't able to hang with the Warwick yeah. or Township. So, yeah, we'll. Uh, yeah, they they've got their work cut out for them this week. I, I don't. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. not going to say it's not impossible because no. You know, hey, we've Ezra seen a got lot knocked of crazy off in a happen. game they should have won last year. Hey, we lost to a I team that we won. beat by 38. Right. And I say should have won. Maybe, maybe they shouldn't have because give it to Mifflin. Mifflin took it to um, Harrisburg last year, but I don't think that's going to help Hemfield's cause this year. No. So um, Wilson went to Warwick the next week. That was essentially a uh, what could have been a league title clincher. Um, and unfortunately, the Bulldogs came out flat. Uh, they didn't execute. Uh, the the, uh, the game plan just wasn't there to stop what Warwick was throwing at Wilson. So they, Wilson quickly went down 14-0. Uh, but a few great plays, although unfortunately missed kicks, resulted in uh, Wilson being down 14-12, to which we thought was going to be the score at halftime. But then once again, the Warwick offense was able to connect on a huge pass, a beautifully thrown ball from this McCracken. Is a, this is to, another uh, great pass to Rucci. This uh, is a great. Yeah, pass this is by, a great pass. This is a, is a is a great pass. You can see me getting ready to take a picture of it there in the yeah. red coat. On Between the money. two defenders, on the money. Great, great pass there. Um, so Wilson went went down seventeen to twelve at halftime after a late field goal by the Warriors. Uh, and they just really had no defensive answer. And unfortunately, on offense in the second half, they would drive and, and stall on downs yeah. uh, inside the five a couple times. Yeah. Uh, and Warwick was scoring on big plays. I think they scored five over 50 yards, including a 70-plus and a 98-and-a-half-yard one. Yeah. So, it you know, it just wasn't Wilson's night. They weren't able to uh, essentially seal up, in, in you know, an uncontested league title here. Um, but of course, during this game, we were also finding out that Cedarcrest was giving Township all they could, taking yeah. them to overtime. So this was, yeah, you, you kind of mentioned this game was a culmination of a lot of just different things. It was not our night. It was, it was their night. I oh, mean, they yeah, had, for sure. They had everything clicking. So you have your team, their, their best team in a long, long time. Well, they had, this is... The first time that they've had a share of a league title since 1997. Right. That's where that number came from. There you go. Yeah, there's the, the 97. Um, but, but look at this. Yeah, that's that's the not that's something the you're going to see often. Uh, right. Throwing for over 500 yards. That's not that is not a mistake. No. Um, they gained over 600. Uh, both again. Right. You know, we talked about modern day. And I think. I think what was that records? It was, it was on like. 11 completions yeah or something there like that. weren't very many so yeah um yeah hey it was just a rough night at the right. office it, for wilson and, and you know what and fortunately we're not used to seeing these types of things right you know and and there are teams there are teams that we faced over the last few years that kind of faced the possibility of this happening week in week out right um and that just isn't a, a world in which we as wilson kind of live in you know, and so um, that's the good side of it. The bad side of it is if you stick around long enough, things like that are going to happen. Right. You, you know, it, we've been fortunate enough that that hasn't happened in a long time. Right. But we remember back to games when you and I were in high school where we were on the giving end of some of those, but oh, we were yeah. also on the receiving end of some of those, including I can remember 
in the early 2000s, some of those Reading High at Wilson, you know, like we talked about, right. kind of took it to us a couple times. Um, yeah. Not that that's an excuse or anything, but it, it, it happens, you know. And again, this quickly became a, all right, well, it wasn't exactly what we were looking for um, out of that game, obviously. And by any stretch of the imagination. But then when we get to the next game, we know that, all right, well, Cedarcrest has just hung in there and went to overtime against Manheim Township, Township yeah. where Township recovers a fumble in the end zone to, to win the game. Yeah. All right. So you're thinking, oh, man, like what's going on? And then, oh, and they had been missing one of their key guys for most of the middle of the season, and he's back. You know, and you're just like, they better be ready to go against mm-hmm. um, uh, against Cedarcrest, or they're they're going to have some issues. Yeah. Before we move on to the highlights of that, which they don't have a game recap of, but I did pull up Elijah's highlights from the game uh, to give you a taste of some of the uh, events at Gursky uh, from a couple weeks ago. Uh, we do want to um, just mention a couple yeah. things that happened um, since we were off the air. One earlier in the season. Um, with regards to a tragic accident, Central Dolphin with one of their football players, no. um, uh, someone passing away. And just this past Friday, uh, the Warwick School District had um, an accident outside of their school, um, multiple vehicles, and two of their students uh, tragically passed away. Um, so, you know, just want to send our condolences from the show, the team, the school, um, to both Central Dolphin and Warwick for suffering through events that, that no one should have to go through. Uh, and I uh, just want to let them know that we're still thinking of them and, uh, you know, hope for the best uh, the rest of this year, the rest of this uh, athletic year and the rest of this school year for um, all the teams out there. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's really it's really difficult. You know, this we mentioned when we were going through the highlights, you know, Wilson was on the receiving end of, of a butt kicking at Warwick. But we mentioned that Warwick – you know, this is one of their best teams they've ever had, mm-hmm. and that was one of their greatest nights. And so we saw them at their highest point, yep. right? Like, I mean, football-wise and just school-wise and everything. And so um, how quickly, you know, uh, tragedy can strike. And, you know, yeah, our, our thoughts are, are with them, certainly. at what should be uh, a joyous time as they get ready to go and hopefully an extended run here, um, you know, and then to have something like this happen and, you know, just – no one should have to deal with that. And then you have trying to help high school kids deal with that. Right. Yeah. That's not how it's supposed to work. To have, to have tragic events like that happen, not once, but twice in the same, yeah. same season. It's, it's, yeah. it's, so. uh, it's, it's tough to, tough to, to deal with. So, um, just, you know, we're, th- we're thinking about you guys and I hope everyone guys and girls and hope everyone, uh, can, uh, can pull through. Yeah. So, Back to the highlights, uh, Wilson, Cedarcrest, uh, senior night, and I have Elijah's highlights here because he had a big night. Didn't get a lot of playing time because, well, when he was getting the ball, he was making stuff happen, uh, and he was the guy that Wilson turned to a lot. Uh, when they needed a spark, he was going to give it to them, as he has throughout the entire year. And that was one huge, of those. Huge run. That was one of those. Guy had five yards and the angle, and Elijah beat, beat him. him. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so Wilson's going to, again – Cedarcrest was very pesky, and they had 
a heck of a quarterback oh. in uh, the younger horn. We saw the older horn yeah. the last time Wilson played Cedar Crest. Um, Evan, now yeah. his younger brother Logan, is a senior, or is it the other way around? I don't know which one. <laughs> I don't. Just I horn. Yeah, yeah, the Horn brothers. I feel like it's Logan, but because that's the name I know, I feel like that's wrong. No, I you think know, Evan is the older one. Okay. I don't. Uh, remember. He plays both. Either way, uh, football and basketball. Yeah. Uh, at the uh, is it New Hampshire? Yeah, Something like that. We were just talking with Andy after after the Warwick game. We were talking about the older brother. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Wilson was able to. Um, you know, get a, get a win there. Um, you know, Cedar Crest was it was kind of what we thought. Like, if you're not ready, they're going to come for you. Yeah. Um, but it, I think they they kind of ended up having a year like they've had in Section Two the last couple of years, where they really turned some heads because they 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 won a lot of the games that they're supposed to win, and they were really close in some of the games that you know maybe they're the underdog, um, but then uh, you know just weren't able to kind of get over the hump here, Wilson. You know, it was closer than that at times, you know, but Wilson was able to control um, most of it through there and, and kind of take control in the second half. Right. But, if you can um, see what I pulled up, Elijah had 159 rushing yards. Futrick passed for 183. Gilmore was a big receiver there. He had a, a huge 40-plus yard touchdown pass that started to give Wilson some separation. But you can see Cedarcrest stuck around. You know, Wilson goes up 7 nothing. It is Logan. There it is. Um, you know, Logan Horn ties it on a keeper, seven to seven. Elijah busts through a seventy-yard run. You're thinking, okay, you know, it's just a little hiccup early. Elijah will get us going, fourteen to seven. Gilmore contributes one twenty-one to seven, but then here comes Cedarcrest, twenty-one to fourteen. Then Gilmore was able to bust it to a two-score lead right before halftime, twenty-eight to fourteen. I don't remember which one it was, but I think it was the one right before halftime where Gilmore caught it and was covered and just runs away from the yep. guy. Man, yep. that was. That was another one of those, man. He just like – he was running what appeared to be full speed, and then it looked like he got shot out of a cannon after that. It was, that was pretty yeah. amazing. Again, a balanced performance from Wilson. You know, almost 400 total yards, 183 passing, 215 rushing. Uh, they were good on third down, you know, 50%. If you can hit a 50% of your third down, you're going to be able to do, That's uh, you know, sustained one, yeah. drives. Um, you know, Wilson wins this one, 42 to 21, and, uh, you know, got to uh, move on. Um, with the chance to completely seal the deal of a, you know, at least, at least a share, a share right. of the championship by playing McCaskey in the finale, um, which did happen, which was not the score that is up here. <laughs> I'm not sure what happened there. It looks like um, a score score was contributed to McCaskey that should have been to Wilson, and there is nothing entered um, here, so I won't even bother pulling that up. Uh, but Wilson won the game 39 to nothing. You know, they got another shutout. Actually, they shut out the two teams that we said would, were like the breathers. Because hey, they, didn't they beat Penn Manor 44 nothing? I think so. So that's what you we said should happen, and, and they were able to get that done, which is good. Um, you know, there are a couple moments early where you're like, you know, not sure what's what's going to happen here. Um, I don't mean for the game, but just you'd like to see it moving a little bit more. But then they, they were able to get some things um, – they were able to get some things going, and and through that, they were able to, um, you know, uh, kind of create some separation there. And then, you know, they get, they put it together at halftime, and were able to really get it going in the second half, um, and and really take control. 
Um, McKeskey couldn't really get it going. And then the conditions got worse. So any chance they had it kind of, you know, uh, trying to break some of the long plays and things was probably hampered by the, the rain and the cold and the mud and all of that stuff. So, um, yeah. So I'm trying to get ready here for, um, our playoff discussion, which we're going to go through really quickly here, a little bit of deja vu as Wilson, uh, you know, was able to, uh, to jump up into the top half of the bracket so they get to host a game, which will be this Friday night, November 2nd at Gursky, 7 o'clock kickoff, and that will be with Red Lion, which is exactly what happened last year. Wilson jumped from 6th or 7th to 3rd on yeah. the, on the uh, Game 10 week, which was, I guess, technically Week 9. Is that how that worked? Is it Week 0? Well, no, it was actually Week 10 for us, right? Because we started later. Right. Or however, however that is. So confusing. I don't know, It's man. so confusing. Um, so, um, trying to see if I, I don't, the brackets technically weren't, uh, like ratified yet, even though the power ratings are done, I don't really know what they right. wait for. I guess they want to quadruple check it, which, okay. But, um, click the run on the computer right, program right four Here times and then you're good to um, go. Let's see if I can pull this up so everyone can take a look. Uh, for the the PA football news bracket here, um, let's let's get this over there for everyone to see. So this is actually the state bracket, but the uh, the D three games are entered here again. All the games will be Friday, November second, save for the Harrisburg game. That one will be Saturday, November third at one o'clock, and they get to take on Hempfield. You know, we kind of talked about that after talking about the Black Knights, and right. they, they got there's some big nothing, guys. <laughs> right? There's no, there's no reason why Hempfield can't put together a a good game against Harrisburg. However. Harrisburg, the odds. Harrisburg is playing really well. Yep, only lost to Coatesville. Right. Who? There may be a rematch. Well, that, you know what I just saw, up. and I don't think they lost. Coatesville's the two seed in their district playoffs behind North Penn. Wow. So, I mean, I don't think it matters. You know, like one and two. There's really, there's really right. no difference. But they, there. Right. They play a sixteen-team bracket down there, don't they? Uh yes, they yeah, do. So. so. Yeah, that'll be interesting, and that could be a monster game in a couple of weeks. So, um, yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, yeah Har- Harrisburg, you know, is the one playing Hempfield next Saturday. And then we're in that side of the bracket too, as the four seed uh, taking on Redline, the five seed. So again, we mentioned this Friday we're taking on Redline again, second straight year. Um, and there's your other side of the bracket: Townships, the two seed; Chambersburg's the seven. Central York is your six. Central Dolphin is your three. Right. So, uh, if the seeds were to hold out there, you would see a rematch. A of rematch a, of, of Township Dolphin. Right. You know, again, if there's no upsets, and then you'd see Harrisburg Wilson again. Right. If you know, the seeds going help. by seeds, um, which means Wilson would play at Harrisburg on Saturday. That this is all conjecture. Obviously, both teams have to win. But should Wilson beat Redline? And Harrisburg beat Hempfield. That game would most likely be Saturday, November tenth. I'm guessing one o'clock. That you know, based on the history of of the Cougar schedule. Um, again, and then the November sixteenth, Friday. There's no site for the District Three Championship yet because they are not playing at Hershey Park. Right, which that think, kind of broke while we were on hiatus right, as right. well. I think that will be decided depending on who the teams are. That right, kind of right. Advance. So um, they're going to obviously do a neutral. Neutral site, but kind of, uh, you know, work right. it into the advantage of geography. Right. 
Um, oh, and I, that's right. North Penn gets to play Ridley. Yeah. So Ridley could lose to North Penn. Obviously, by the seeds, they should. And then they have a Thanksgiving game, which they could end up playing 12 games and finishing 6-6. Six and six. Now, I'm not sure if the uh, the streak record of uh, if, if that's the longest winning seasons or longest non-losing seasons, but we were watching Ridley throughout the year because they started 0-4, and, and they own one of the state records. They're the number one team right in front seasons. of us of winning seasons. So Ridley was 0-4, finished 6-4, and plays North Penn in the first round, likely lost, you would think. And then they have a Thanksgiving game. Although they just beat two teams that yeah that, that only had one, one loss, loss at the time. going in to get to this. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but we'll see. Where where's Downing? Oh, I forget which. I think it's Downing County East that has the quarterback. And they get to play Springford. Right, but then that could set up the match. Could if Downing County East wins, set up the rematch with, with Coatesville. Coatesville took it to him, beat him by like thirty some last yep. time. I think. So uh, could be we interesting will see. down there. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But definitely check out PAFootballNews.com for uh, the brackets. That everything gets updated as the uh, games go final. Uh, you know, and I will I, while I mention them. You know, if you missed the Bulldog Hour, I actually ended up doing another show uh, weekly uh, with the folks from PA Football News. Um, Bruce Badgley did a fresh set of downs for for another site last year, and uh, after a couple weeks, uh, he asked if I would help out with his show that he was doing through PA Football News with Daryl Daniel and then the uh, the, uh, the operator and owner of PA Football News, Billy Splain, uh, and they got me in there. And I wasn't a host so much as the producer, and I kind of got to do all the behind-the-scenes stuff that I scramble to do here while also <laughs> trying to talk and fill the air. Uh, so they've got a, a great site up there that I've been contributing to, so definitely make sure you check them out throughout the uh, – the high school football playoffs this year and for all of your high school football news uh, in the spring and summer as we get ready for the 2019 season in just a few months. So, all right. Well, Red Lion, what, what's in store from Red Lion, the Bulldogs opponent in the playoff first round this Friday? So a couple, uh, at least one common opponent, and that is McCaskey. Uh, Red Lion played them. At home, at Red Lion, the first week of the season, they came away with a 35-12 to victory. They beat Waynesboro. They lost to Chambersburg, who's also in the District right. 3-6A field. By a touchdown. Uh, well, yeah, it was close, 29, or excuse me, 19-27. to uh, It was at Chambersburg as well. But then uh, they beat up on Central York, who is the sixth seed right behind yeah. Red Lion in Double the playoffs. Them Double them up. That was a bit of an eye-opener in the, the, the early middle portion of the season. Uh, they were able to beat Southwestern, but then they fell to Northeastern. That one was a bit of a head-scratcher. Yeah. Otherwise, the the seeds would probably be flipped. Yeah. Wilson would probably be traveling the red line had they beaten Northeastern. Um, and then they squeaked by red York, William Penn. an interesting stadium, too, by the way. I don't know if you've been there, um, We did play them, but I can't remember if it was at, at their place or not. Um, they beat York, William Penn 21-20. to uh, which was way, also a had, huge surprise yeah. because William Penn has been dominating right. teams, and I believe that was York's only loss on the season. Yeah. The one so they pointer to beat Red Lion. Some teams that had fantastic years, but yeah. they have a couple losses right. to teams that um, are like, oh, they beat up on New Oxford on the road, beat Spring Grove at home, and then just this past week beat uh, Dallastown, who struggled this year at Dallastown. Um, but th- that's a huge rivalry game that sometimes determines who wins the uh, the York League, yeah. that section of the York League. 
so Redline was able to get it done. Uh, but yeah, that loss to Northeastern. I wonder if there's some kind of extenuating circumstance we're not aware of. You know, certainly um, can happen. Illness, yeah. injury, suspension. I have no idea. But just it's just high school kids being high school. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, we've, not being ready. We we've seen it. Um, you know, in many different facets of our lives, that you know, random things happen that sometimes are hard to explain. But um, so Red Lions, the opponent again. We saw them last year. Wilson really took it to him last year at Gursky, beating them up. I well, I think it was like. 56 to 7 or something like yeah. that it was a pretty big but, blowout but like as we look at their schedule and dissect their schedule and we're like i don't know how they lost this game well and and you referenced it earlier in the show too about you know playoff losses to teams that you feel like you should have beat yeah um well better be ready you know like there's there's no room for air now there's no like oh well we'll rebound next week no you won't not anymore like, no if you if you fall flat, you could be in trouble, and that could be it. So, so let's act, let's see if they have. Uh, it doesn't look like they have a recap of them playing William Penn. No, no, they have a. Well, let's just see what they look like, so people can get an idea of uh, what to expect this Friday night. You saw it last year. We'll see, you know, what to expect this year from uh, Red Lion. This is their game in Week Ten or Game Ten against Dallas Town. And this, these are the red line highlights, so they're wearing white. Wow, nice that was a nice catch. And nice run after the catch. Um, so, you know, we, we mentioned some injuries throughout the year to Nick Johnson and Connor Cook. Uh, we mentioned Cam Magalotti missed a game. Uh, you know, most recently, the person to go down to okay, injury so was... Okay, so Levin's a huge... Wow, he's a big body. That's a big boy running down That the is field. a big boy. Wow, yeah. Um, mostly, he might be the guy who caught the one-handed pass on the one before. I wasn't didn't catch the number on that before. Yeah. That's a big boy at tight end. Um, Wilson lost sophomore safety Troy Corson to a wrist injury uh, during the Cedarcrest game. He has a cast and didn't play against McCaskey. I do not know his status for this week, but I would guess he's probably out. Um, yeah. Usually the the hard cast, you know, the semi permanent like cast, not the one you're taking off and on. Yeah. Um, usually not a good sign, but. So this just gives you an idea of what exactly a little, a little inside reverse there. So reverse counter. That's a. Yeah. So I have a feeling. Oh, he's the kicker too. Oh my gosh. We're gonna have some big guy kickers in this game on yeah. Friday night. We gotta figure out who number eleven is. Get him and Wagner to pose. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. That gives you a little bit of an idea of what Red Lion is about. You know, again, we saw them last year. Um, but you know, this little like a little deja vu. Yeah. Getting so, to see him see him again this year. Yeah, you gotta make sure um, you're ready. Because um, you don't. Yeah. You, you you have to make sure you're ready each and every week, and you got to put together a good game plan. Not necessarily somebody that was on the radar. You know, like league guys, you see them as you're watching other teams film and you're coming up. You know, you're seeing that as you prepare each week. Red Lion, like you said, the only common opponent was McCaskey week one. Um, so there's not a whole lot right, uh, in terms there of, of common teams. So, um, you know, we'll have to wait and see on Friday night. It looks like they do have some guys who can make some plays. We saw that. Uh, some big guys that are hard to bring down. So yeah. um, tackling is going to be a key. You know, when they make the catch, you got to get them down, all that stuff. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to make sure we're ready to go. Yeah, all right. We're going we're gonna to wrap things up here. And while, while we wrap it up, I will show you the highlights from last year's Wilson Red Lion playoff game. 
Um, so the only th- other thing that I really want to say is uh, that I- I've been streaming these games every week for the last two years, basically. Um, but we do not have the ability to stream the playoff games without paying a fee to the district. Uh, and actually that fee structure and whether we're allowed to do it is actually up in the air. Um, district three is supposed to be determining that the structure and whatnot tomorrow at their meeting when they, you know, finally publish the, uh, actual brackets. And, you know, <laughs> I don't see why the district doesn't want to accept money for the broadcast rights to, to live stream, but that's on the table. And I know there are plenty of people that rely on the game streams, um, whether it's the ones that Wilson Media Productions do for the home games or the ones that I do, uh, especially for the, those road contests that uh, WMP doesn't get to. But uh, if the District 3 says you're, no one's allowed to do it, like it can't happen. If right. they say we can do it, it's going to cost money. And that's not something that I can pay for out of my own pocket. Last year, uh, we had some gracious donors. First round against Red Lion here was the Wilson Football Parents Organization. They paid the $500 streaming fee to allow people that couldn't make make it to Gursky to watch the game. And again, it's not a very sophisticated uh, stream. It's uh, done with an iPad on the sideline side with a, you know, a, a, a cell connection. So um, I'm limited to what I can do, but I figure it's better than nothing. Uh, and if, uh, if someone's willing to step up because there's a lot of people that, that can't make it to the stadium, I will continue to do it. But depending on what the uh, district decides tomorrow, um, you know, hopefully they allow people to do it. I, I, just, I just, I can't fathom their reasoning for not letting people do it. Um, but it's going which, to be... Which, just to be clear, just because we can't fathom <laughs> it does not mean it's all off the table. Right, no. <laughs> um, but it's going to be, and again, this is confusing because they list District 3, 6A football they have four rounds listed for pricing. There's only three rounds. They have a first round, quarterfinals, semifinals, championship. Well, our first round is the quarterfinals, but they're different prices. So I'm not sure if the first round is $500 like it was last year or if it's the quarterfinal price, which is $1,000. Yeah, the prices went up since last year because the WFPO paid $500 for the red line game. Then Weichel Realty Group paid the next round fee when we went to Manheim Township, and that was $650. Well, this year, if the first round's 1000 the second round semis are not going to be 650 I think it's 1250 if you can believe that, um, to broadcast the semis. Should Wilson beat Red Lion, and should District 3 be one, allowing people to live stream the games? Dollars. Yeah, so it, it's kind of gotten a bit out of hand, a little absurd. Um, one of the... the Big guys at District Three is Rod Frisco. He's a great guy. He he, um, you know, I, he's on our side and that he wants to allow these live streams to happen. He doesn't really understand um, why uh, other District Three committee members are uh, are hesitant about it. But it all comes down to uh, money because District Three is a business. Uh, this this is people's uh, day job and they have to make business decisions whether we like them or not. But. Uh, so I'll have more information on whether I can even attempt to live stream them sometime tomorrow. And if I can, um, we're going to have to start spreading the word and see if we can find anyone that will pay the District 3 
streaming fee. So I think that's the last thing I have to say this evening. Um, what about you? You got anything? No, I just say, you know, you can follow the social media stuff. I'm sure you'll be updating the yeah. status of that on there. Um, you know, it, it was good to be back for the last show here or this latest show, not last show. Um, you know, hopefully we can have a few more shows and, uh, you know, hopefully we have some positive things, but like we said, they, they have some work to do on, on Friday night. Um, you know, you don't want to overlook anyone. We, we just had that, um, you know, discussion before you got to handle your business. So yep. we, we've seen through tonight's show and through the course of the season that when they put it together, this team can, can do some uh, pretty good things. Um, they need to put it together on Friday night. You know, it's time to no more steps back. Yeah. You know, that's basically everything we, forward. Kind of, right. Right. Now we can only have steps forward. There's no room for error now. So yep. um, let's, let's get it done. Yeah. There was one last thing real quickly. Um, for those of you that do follow the social media accounts, which is a great thing to do on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, uh, Wilson Bulldogs football bulldog hour. Uh, last week at the end of the week, I posted uh, a new shirt. Fridays are for the dogs. It was very popular, sold out in three hours. So I made another order. A lot of people have reserved them, but I still do have some left. They'll be in this Thursday, November 1st. So they'll be here in time for the playoff game. I will have them available as soon as possible at May Sandwich Shop. Um, and you can message me to reserve a size if I have it available. Stop by and pick it up Thursday or Friday and have it ready for the game against Red Lion Friday night. Um, conveniently on Friday. Conveniently. Um, there will be youth sizes available. Um, the normal t-shirts are $15. The plus sizes, I'll have double, triple, and 4X. Uh, those are $18. So um, I think I thought it was a cool design. It came out really well. I thought the colors really pop. And I, I just uh, like the little take of uh, the uh, the day and the group. So I thought it was cool. I liked it. Um, but I think that's it. Sounds so good. It's great to be back. Hopefully we'll be back for at least one more show, if not a few more shows during the 2018 season but playoffs this friday night at gursky can't get much better than that so um you know for justin raffoff i'm joe me joe i can't even say my name joe mays and for the entire wilson football program uh thanks for watching and remember go, go bulldogs, bulldogs. <laughs> thanks for listening to this week's episode of the bulldog hour one more wilson football Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.